look at Matthew chapter 6. We'll finish the other two verses. Uh, actually, three. Um, but we're looking at Matthew chapter 6. Again, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer tonight. We'll finish with the Lord's Prayer and uh, uh, hopefully be able to look at some stuff in Hebrews. Um, some text in Hebrews. It said sounded bad, didn't it? Some stuff. But some text in Hebrews next week on, uh, on prayer and authorization of prayer. But um, as we look at this, let's just read through this so we'll have this in our, in our minds. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 says, Therefore, you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgave others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. <laughs> Brother Sammy, well, you've been teaching on that one right there too. So, uh, how about that? So tonight we want to look at uh, two different parts. Tonight we want to look at praise and petition. Praise and petition. Uh, we'll actually look at the petition first. And uh, we'll look at that. Um, as, as far as this goes, we're, we're going to see, and uh, in, in looking at, at text here tonight, we covered 9 and 10, and, ver and looking at verse 11, Jesus says, Give us today our daily bread. Now, this is talking about our, this is talking about more than bread. This is talking about, Lord, give us what we need to be able to survive. It, you know, a lot of people will say this is sustenance. This is, this is food, this is water, this is whatever, whatever it is that, that we need to be able to, to live. But uh, it really it breaks down to, to this, to this point right here in this prayer is that we're, we're seeing petitions or we're seeing requests that's being made. The first part of this was really vertical. You know, when you, when you think about this prayer and how we started this prayer, and Jesus says, you know, pray our Father in heaven, your, your name be honored as, as holy. So we're, we're talking about God, we're praising Him, we're talking about how how holy and, and honored he is. Um, in verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that had to do with God's will and, and our prayer. Brother Mike prayed, fantastic prayer uh, just a minute ago. And I, I mean, he, he just hit, we could almost have, have prayer and leave, I guess. But I mean, he covered, he covered all that. And, and being able to praise God and ask him uh, for, you know, for his, intervening and in, in, in times in our life. So we're told to be able to do that. So let's look, number one, at praying should include petitions and requests. Um, we're not only just to praise the Lord in our prayers, and we're not only to, um, you know, just, just to have that time. Uh, we're also told to ask Him, you know, get, Lord, give us, give us our daily bread. Give us, give us what we need. So Number one, we should pray about physical needs. And I think we do that a lot. And I think, in all honesty, I mean, does that, 
Am I the only one that winds up with <laughs> praying physical need? Man, after work today, I don't know what it was, but my back was absolutely killing me, and I had to come home and lay down and get the heating pad and go twice through with that, with that heating pad and handful of Advil and a couple of Tums, and here I am. And, and, and I feel pretty good right now. Uh, I'm hoping that holds out. But I... I <laughs> <laughs> Are you holding any up? <laughs> so, you know, and, and we pray about physical needs. We pray about that. There's no sin and there's no shame in asking God to meet our physical needs. As a matter of fact, He's promised to supply them all. Look at Philippians 4.19. 4.19, well, that's, I think it's on, Kyle, is that on the uh, outline or you got it on the screen? Uh, Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So, how many of your needs is God going to supply? Look, look back at that. All. That's a, that's a good word, right? All. He's going to supply all my needs. So, does that mean that my Lord is going to supply all of my desires? Or all of my wants? Or all of... It's... My God, I, I, now, now we live in a time in the, in, in the world and we live in a part of the world to where how many times is your needs not covered? I mean, you think about that. You think about some parts of the world right now, there's major needs. There's major needs. And I'm talking about food. And I'm talking about water. Things that we... Things that we just don't even think about. But God supplies our, our needs. Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I'm old. Terry, that's the song you sang right there. You remember that? <laughs> I've, I've been young and now I'm old, and yet I have not seen the righteous abandoned or his children begging for bread. Matthew 7 Verse 7 through 11 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son uh, ask him for bread, and he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he, will he give him a snake? If you then, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? So this is talking about to those, uh, to those who are believers. Romans 8.32 says, He did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. How will He not also with Him grant us everything? And that's talking about Everything that we need, he, God, God supplies our needs. And, and I, I, I think it's important for us, too, to look at this day. Or in, in, if you look at the uh, CSB that we're, that we're reading tonight on the screen, he said, give us today. <laughs> give us today our daily bread. You ever, you ever pray ahead of today? <laughs> Anybody ever pray uh, for tomorrow? You know? Uh, anybody? I'm, I mean, 
I'm already praying about tomorrow. Some some stuff that's going on tomorrow. Multiple things, and uh, you know, and, and you 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 just we worry a lot. So, uh, but Jesus says, pray. Give us today our daily bread. Why does he? Why does he say today? Why, why does he not just say, just pray that God gives you what what you need? But the focus is here on today. He tells us not to worry about tomorrow. And you remember, so I'm not going to get into the whole Exodus thing, but what happened in, book, in the book of Exodus when the children of Israel left Egypt and they were out there and they were hungry? And what did they, what did they have to eat? I don't know what that is. There was a wasp up here after me last Wednesday night, and now something else. So what was it? It was manna that it just dropped out of and what, what were they to do? What happened the next day? Happened again, didn't it? It happened again. It happened every day. Yeah, they couldn't save it. It would, it would ruin. Because God says He's going to supply our needs today. And that takes a lot of worry out about tomorrow, doesn't it? <laughs> now we can get tore up about tomorrow. But Jesus says... Give us today our daily bread. And that, huh? It absolutely does. <laughs> and I'll tell you something else it'll do, Philip. It'll, it'll create an early morning prayer. <laughs> you know why? Because if you're not praying for tomorrow morning, or for tomorrow, the first thing you do when you hit the floor, I need to get this prayer. <laughs> I need to get this prayer in because it's today. Not yesterday anymore, it's today. So let's, let's get this done in a hurry. Uh, so God, God's going to, you know, that's, yeah, that's a little extreme. But yeah, I mean, it, it does. It, it puts us into the, it gets us into the mode to where when, when our feet hits the floor and we, and we start thinking about everything that's to go on tomorrow in the morning when I get up, have my time reading the Bible, and then pray. And it seems to me, when I do that, it seems to me that things go a whole lot smoother. And even if they don't go smooth, there's a peace that comes over me that's like, it, yeah, it's, it may be bad today, but God's got this. So, so he, he wants us to be able to pray daily for things that's going on today. Matthew 6, 33 says, 33 and 34 says, But seek first, and I, I think this is, to me this is key to the whole thing. Now, these two verses are at the end, if you, if you look at this, these, these two verses are at the end of chapter 6. And he tells a whole lot in this, in, this, uh, in this sermon, Sermon on the Mount is what's going on here. And, and, he, and he tells them a whole lot, but 33 and 34 is the key to the whole Sermon on the Mount. Did you know that? Verse 33 and 34 is the key to it. Because he tells us their focus is supposed to be on something. But seek first the kingdom of God, and what? 
His righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. <laughs> that takes a lot of pressure off tomorrow, don't it, Terry? I, I, maybe I'm the only one that has worries about tomorrow, or maybe Saturday, you know, Friday, Saturday, I'm already tore up about Saturday because we were supposed to be able to go to Tupelo and get, get my port skins, and now Gina's trying to back out on me. I'm, I'm worried about my port skins, but so I'm stressed about that, you know. So tomorrow morning when I get up, I'm not even going to think about port skins. It's Saturday. I'm, I'm tore up. I am tore up. I know I'm not, I'm not worried about it at all because it, it's going to happen. The Lord's going to take care of that. I'm not going to have to worry about... I told you all about the port skin ministry, right? I didn't tell you about the port skin ministry? I, I told the Sunday school class, didn't I? Y'all in the wrong Sunday school class. <laughs> we, we, were, we, went, we went to the... I'm so excited about this guy, his port skin ministry. We went to uh, Tupelo a few weeks back, and... And he was selling, of course, port skins. And we were standing in line, and that guy would sell a bag of port skins, or he would give somebody a sample. And every time he'd give somebody, they, they would, uh, he would say, do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? And I, we stood in line for five or six minutes, and there were multiple. I'm talking about five or six people in front of us that this guy would give them a bag of port skins and he would say do you know jesus and then you know we started we got close enough where we could hear the conversation people would say yeah you know i'm yeah i'm a believer i'm a christian and i don't know what they said before we couldn't get up there to him i don't know if they shot him down or what but listen this guy was this guy was has a port skin ministry at the flea market and that's all he does he goes around and selling port skins and sharing jesus if you can listen <laughs> Brother Sammy, if you can have a port skin evangelistic ministry, you can, you can share the gospel doing anything. I was so excited when I got up there. I, t I, was, I told Gene, I said, I can't wait till I get up here. You know, I can't wait to be able to answer the guy when he, when he asked me that. And I was going to be offended if he didn't ask me, you know. And uh, so I got up there, and uh, he, he said, do you know Jesus? And Gina jumped right in front of me. She said, yes, we do. <laughs> she done got all excited about it. <laughs> if, the port skins were almost as good as the evangelism. I, I'm telling you. That's why we're going back Saturday. And Brother Sammy, that's why I'm tore up about it. But anyway. Port skin ministry. So he has a port skin ministry. But what, what is his focus is on the kingdom of God. And about his righteousness. <laughs> Anything. Listen, it's about our focus, our prayer life, and, and that's what Jesus is saying. Is your prayer life focused on Christ? Is it, is it kingdom focused? Because that's when your prayers are answered. That's when, that's when God speaks to you. That, if, if it's a selfish prayer that, that you're praying for wants and, and not needs, and, and you're, praying for, <laughs> you're praying for port skins when I can buy them, when I can buy them at Big Star, that's, that may be wrong, <laughs> okay? It may be wrong. But God knows how good those port skins are, and he's going, 
I know he's going to let me go back and get some. This day, pray this day. This portion, this portion of the text is encouraging uh, us to look as or to look as him as the giver. Uh, we need to look to him for those things we lack. Deuteronomy eight eighteen, and I I taught this not too long ago. But Deuteronomy 8.18, he says, But remember that the Lord your God gives you power to gain wealth in order to confirm His covenant He swore to your ancestors as it is today. In other words, you, you look to God in your source. You look to God in your job. You look to God in your church. You look to God, I mean, everything about in, in your family, you, you look to God because He's, he's your source. It's, it's not... It's not, for me, it's not leisure creation. So yes, I, I work there, but I know for a fact that I'm where I'm supposed to be because God has me where I'm supposed to be. I, I, have a, I just have a peace and a calm about that. But it's not because I look to uh, leisure creations to be, they do give me money, <laughs> and I enjoy that. You know, that's good, but... I know that every good thing comes from God. And He's the one that blesses. So my focus in my job needs to be on God and not on... It, it, is, it does supposed to be because I'll never sell any pool furniture if I don't focus on that a little bit. But I need to be able to know and understand that God supplies it all. We need to be able to do that. He says here, in this, in this very text he's talking about, and not too long ago... Uh, when was it? We, we went over Elijah and, uh, and the reason that there was a three and a half year drought was because they, they walked away from these, uh, from these commandments that God gave them. Psalm 50.10 says, For every animal of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. So God owns it all. Romans 8.17 says, if, if children also heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. He's talking about when we're saved, this is who we become. If we're children, we're also heirs. You know what an heir is? Somebody help me. What, what's an heir? Huh? It, it, you're, you're a recipient of something, ain't you? Now, if, if you're an heir and, and dad dies and he's got... $500 million, and your name's written on that, guess who gets that? That's you. You're an heir. You're getting that. You might get land. You might get, uh, you might not get anything. I don't know. You might get, <laughs> might get port skins. I tell you what, if I was that guy's son, <clears throat> that would be the only thing I would need. It's those port skins. Heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with Him, so that we may also be glorified with Him. So number one, we should pray about physical needs. Number two, we should pray about our spiritual needs. Spiritual needs, really, you know, more spiritual needs are mentioned here than physical needs. Our spiritual needs are greater by far than our physical needs because we know that God's going to supply everything that we need so our spiritual needs become very apparent. Notice that 
pray about. Forgiveness of sin. Brother Sammy's been, he's been preaching on this. I mean, he's, he's been, been on this. So this is, this forgiveness of sin is something that, something that we need. Brother Mike, when he prayed a minute ago, he said, Lord, forgive us of our sin. And I think it's best that we don't sugarcoat our sin when we ask God to forgive us of our sin. Now, I, I, I wouldn't come in here and, and in a group like this right here and just start calling out all of your single sins in, in front of the group. I think it's okay, Mike, that you said forgive us our sin in, in this group. But man, when, when, we're, when we're alone with God, and we pray, ask God to forgive you of that single sin and see how big of a difference it makes. If it's whatever it is, God forgive me of that gossip. God forgive me of hatred. Of God forgive me of those things. We need to pray for, for, uh, for ourselves. We need to pray uh, this, this debt that we see here in uh, we see, we see here in verse 12, he says, Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. So, we're, we're asking God to forgive us of our sin. What happens if we don't forgive others? <laughs> we don't get forgiveness. Hmm. We all need to seek God for the forgiveness of our personal sins. 1 John 1, 8 through 10 says, If we say we have no sin, we are deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make Him a liar and His word is not in us. So it's pretty apparent that we have sin in our life that we need forgiveness of that sin. And even Paul, even Paul mentioned that he was not perfect. He says in Philippians, not that I have already reached the goal. He says in Philippians 3.12, not that I have already reached the goal, for I am uh, I'm already perfect, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I also have been taken hold by Christ Jesus. He says, I, I'm not perfect. <laughs> But I try to be. I try to, I try to live a life for Christ. So forgiveness of sins. And when we spend more time in His presence, we become more aware of His holiness and our sinfulness. I'll say that again because that's, that's a, well, it's, it's kind of a halfway Billy Graham quote. I was listening to him this week on a, on a podcast and I uh, can't quote it exactly, and I really can't say it the way he said I wish I could. I wish I had that voice. Kyle does a good job at, at, with it, but uh, Billy Graham's voice is what I'm talking about. Uh, huh? <laughs> uh, we'll get him to do that one day. But, uh, you know, Billy Graham, you know, he, he, says, he says that uh, the closer that we get to God, the more apparent our sin becomes. And that, that's... Pretty powerful, isn't it? The closer we get to God, the more we see. In other words, so when we get closer and closer to God, our sin really shows up. It really does. So we, we ask forgiveness of that sin. Forgiveness of others. An unforgiving spirit will totally 
destroy one's prayer life. An unforgiving spirit will totally destroy one's prayer life. Society exalts vengeance over forgiveness. You ever thought about that? You ever think about it, it's <laughs> it's every man for himself out there, you know, out there in the world. It's the total opposite of what we ought to be, what we ought to be living. We, our forgiveness, unforgiveness will will eat you alive spiritually, filling you with bitterness, rage, anger, anxiety, depression, you name it. Paul calls it a root of bitterness. In, in Hebrews 12, 15, he says, um, make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. No root of bitterness springs up. Forgive one another. There are three great reasons why we should practice the forgiveness of others. Number one, you are never more like God than when you forgive. Because that's what He's done for us. He's forgiven us. Number two, it is only reasonable that those who are, those who forgiven, are forgiven forgive. They understand what it is. Number three, failure to forgive results in chastening Matthew 18 31 through 35 we'll read this real quick when did the other uh, when the other servants saw what had taken place they were deeply distressed and went and reported to their master everything that happened and then after he had summoned them his master said to him you wicked servant I forgave you all of that debt because you begged me shouldn't you also have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. And because he was angry, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay everything that was owed. So also my heavenly Father will do to you unless every one uh, of you forgives his brother or sister, sisters from your heart. God wants us to be able to forgive other people that, that have wronged us. Brother Samuel preached this. He, he, I, again, I'm not going to try to do your voice either but and i can't even quote it exactly but but you were you were saying the other day in in your sermon that they may not even know that you've forgiven them may not even know that that they've wronged you or maybe they've not accepted that they have wronged you but you forgive them anyway <laughs> is that big or what did anybody else hear that or was that just for me nobody else heard it brother sammy <coughs> When we choose not to forgive, we'll be tortured by this bitterness, resentment, and really a lot of times a loss of fellowship with God if this stays at us and it just, it just eats at us, this unforgiveness. <clears throat> In fact, when we refuse to forgive, we're taking the place of God, ourself. We're, we just say that we'll just do whatever we want to do. And don't care really what God says when we're supposed to forgive. And he also tells us to be, help us to be delivered from temptation. We won't have time to read this, but in James 1.13, he says that God doesn't tempt anyone. So this is not God tempting us, but this is God helping us face temptation and, and not be... You know, one, one of these guys later on is going to be tempted by... Tempted and... They, they seem to all fail, don't they? You remember 
You remember uh, what Jesus told Peter about, you know, Jesus told Peter that he said Satan is, he wants to sift you as wheat. And what happens to Peter not too long after that? He denies knowing Christ three different times. And Judas, you know, gives Jesus up. The temptation of Satan, the temptation of the flesh, we need the power of God to be able to face those temptations and not sin. But also we need to be delivered from evil, which kind of goes along with that. Literally, this prayer is a, is, is a help for us and to avoid sin. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has come upon you except what is common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way out so that you, will, so that you may be able to bear it. Whatever we come to face with, we have the tools to be able to face temptation and not sin. Prayer should include praise. Number, that, that was number one. That, so that was the introduction. Pray, praying should include petitions and requests. Prayers should include praise. This will be real quick, I promise. Uh, praise to Him for His sovereignty. He's to be praised for the king he is. He deserves to be glorified. He deserves to be praised for his power. Not just his sovereignty, but he deserves to be praised for his power. He is to be praised for his abilities and for the times in which he has demonstrated his power in our lives. But he's also to be praised for his glory. You know, he demands and deserves all the glory in every situation in life. And he and he alone should be glorified on earth as he is in heaven. Think about that for just a minute. You've got heavenly beings, and there's multiple scriptures where it talks about the angels and these cherubim and that that praise God. You know, we could look in Isaiah where Isaiah is called and not... You know, there's that picture there. And then in Revelation, there's, there's pictures in Revelation or text that give us a picture anyway about, Jesus, about God and Jesus being praised in heaven. He says here, we need to be able to praise Him on earth as He is also in heaven. Well, do we do that? You see, we can do that through, through our prayer. As we, as we voice our prayer... We can do that. Now I put this, I put this in here. This is a, an acrostic. You may have seen this, but if, if you haven't, I, I think it's, is it on the handout, Kyle, that Acts on there at the bottom? So let's look at that real quick and we'll end with that. Uh, a stands for adoration. So when you pray, it's, an, it's a time of adoration for God. You, you just adore Him. You, you you talk to God, you talk about His sovereignty, you talk about His power, you talk about His glory. And then C is confession. Our sin must be dealt with. In prayer, our sin. If you, 
If you want an answer to your prayer, (laughs) your sin must be dealt with. And T, thanksgiving. There's a time in our prayer when when we thank God for everything that He's given us. We thank God for supplying every every need that we have we thank god for the things that that happened today that we didn't think were going to happen today and and we thank god that we don't have to stress terry about what's going to happen tomorrow i mean we've got that promise we can thank god for his word that we've got that promise so thanksgiving and s is supplication there there's room to tell him what we need so there's a time when we come to him with petitions and requests but that's a that's a good uh, that's a good little short acts adoration confession thanksgiving and supplication when you pray you can always get that get that out and just just kind of pray in that direction when you cover adoration and after a while if you haven't been praying like this after a while it it'll get to be second nature to you that this is and then it starts to kind of make sense why you need to be able to adore God. Because it's time for us to be able to praise Him on earth as He is in heaven. Brother Sammy.